Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today. It is an honor and a privilege, God, always, 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 just to be able to come into your house, God, to have a gathering place, Lord, week after week, and for us, many, even several days throughout the week, God, a place where we can come and worship together and to lift up your mighty name, God, and to bring honor unto you. Father, we're grateful for this is the day that you have made. We are already rejoicing, and we are made glad in it. Father, we thank you for this blessed day. Bless your people. Lord, you know every need. You know every concern. Yet you also know every blessing that you have for us, God. And we are so glad about that. Father, bless our ears that we have ears to hear what the Spirit of the living God is saying to us. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. We have our nursery is going to be available for mothers who may need or parents who may need to go into the nursery with your children from time to time. Amen. Well, here we are again another year thanking God for bringing us safely through. Anybody excited about from last year to this year? Amen. I've got a couple of people excited. Amen. I know that I am. I was, uh, I'm always thinking a lot of, about a lot of things here. And uh, always have a lot of notes written down, and uh, we'll just see what God says about each one of them. How about that? I always want to thank God for my apostle, Apostle David. Amen. Appreciate his leadership and uh, um, just who he is in my life. Amen. Being my mentor and, and my spiritual father and all of that, being such a person who's been loving to me and helping me in my spiritual growth. I don't know about you, but he helps me in my spiritual growth. And uh, I'm excited about that. Pastor Linda, uh, serving with her is just a blessing. We definitely enjoy serving together. And uh, we have a lot of good laughs together. And uh, we do enjoy that. I really appreciate them for every opportunity um, just to be able to speak and and to encourage the body of Christ. Amen. Uh, I'm always... um, uh, mindful of my wife, um, who, you know, is not able to be with us on most Sundays. She'll be here next Sunday. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, I'm excited about that. You know, and she is just an amazing woman. Um, and I believe all men need to give honor to your wives. So that that's a good lesson, a quick lesson right quick. Uh, quick, quick nugget. Uh, keeps you going for 60-plus years, doesn't it, Elder Blackburn? Come on, you get it right. And 50-plus years for the Rosses and 40-plus now for the, the pastor, uh, Apostle Jenkins, and 30-plus for uh, um, Elder Otis and Miss Brenda. Amen. And we're getting close to 30, working our way there. Um, not quite yet. We'll be 28 coming up in June. But, you know, uh, you need to make sure you honor each other. That's not what I'm up here for to necessarily talk about, but I'll always just follow the Holy Spirit. And... Uh, I appreciate her. She's going to be having her birthday coming up next Wednesday. And uh, uh, I know we won't be here uh, in service. We'll be having a rehearsal uh, this coming Bible study or this coming Wednesday. But she's going to be turning 50 years old. Can you believe that? That young lady going to be turning 5-0. And uh, she doesn't look anything like it. And she definitely doesn't act like anything like it. And uh, I appreciate that. Uh, I just really honor her and, and uh, even her absence. I, I love her and I honor her. And uh, we're going to celebrate her next week um, and 
So if you want to be a part of that, uh, Eric, are you here today? Eric, are you? I don't see the. Not here today. Okay, well, see me. If you want to be a part of that, just see me. We're going to celebrate her on next Friday uh, with a big surprise that she has no idea about. So y'all keep that on the down low, okay? It's going to be a good surprise, and I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, the other thing I want to do, uh, go ahead and get out of the way, um, is, um, you know, the Lord has us on a mission here. And uh, we started this journey with Living Faith back in 2000, um, planned on being here for three years, and, um, you know, on orders and everything. And, and God said, retire, stay right here. So we did. And um, we've just been here as long as he tells us to stay. And, you know, we did make an announcement that this July we're going to be making a transition. Uh, if you remember that, July 28th, uh, making a transition. Uh, I am so open to the Holy Spirit. Um, I keep listening. Pay attention because you can, you know, you can hear. You got to keep on listening, though. You understand what I'm saying? God's not confused. He's never confused. But you got to keep listening. Um, and so he told us back in uh, late November of last year um, that we're going to stay a little longer. And um, so um, we'll be here. I just want to make it official. Uh, many of you already know. Um, end of March of next year. How about that? So about a, almost another year to go. You know, that's God. We're still listening. We're hearing. So whatever we do, when we do it, we're still going. Uh, but we, God knows what we're going to do. He knows the timing. And it's going to be all perfect. And so we want to stay in his will, which is always perfect. Amen. So you got us here for another year. Um, um, another year. My little partner over there, she, you know, they know who they are. Um, um, so we'll work on that. So we'll just continue to do it. And it's amazing because God told us then, and you, you, I, you don't always know what's going to happen, but different things, you know, and God's just way ahead of us. And uh, we know that he has us here in place um, for a reason. And we told the pastors back then, and they were definitely in agreement. <laughs> and uh, so we'll just be here till about that time. How about that? Uh, well, last year... This time we talked to you about grace unleashed because uh, we hone in on Palm Sunday and actually we've entered into what, what is, is known as the Holy Week. And uh, the Holy Week is something we want to make sure that uh, we don't enter into and, and not really know much about it. Uh, but we want to enter in with some understanding and some purpose um, so that we can make sure God is honored and glorified at all times. Um, so we talked about Grace Unleashed last last year, and uh, um, I don't want to go into that uh, too much. I was I like to capture when the Lord speaks to me. I like to make sure I take good notes. I've learned how to take good notes um, because I was sometimes early in my life in my spiritual walk with God, God would speak to me, and I said, "Boo, that's good," and I would say, "I'm not going to forget that," and I didn't write it down. And what happened? Yes, I did forget it. And uh, so I've learned here um, um, to write it down immediately. So I like to capture it. If I have to write it on a little post-it note, write it on, you know, put it in. Thank God for these phones now. So, you know, I like the technology. I write notes in there um, and whatever. And so I like to capture when I, where I was and what I was doing when God gives me a, a word or just encouraging my heart uh, for something. So uh, Thursday, March 12th. Um, 
I've been thinking about this, you know, from last year to this year. What is God going to, you know, say for us? For us? And uh, we've been reading, being the pastors and elders, we've been reading. Uh, we have a Bible reading that we do every, 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 every day. And at this time, we were reading the book of Mark. Uh, we were in chapter 5 in the book of Mark. And uh, it, elders, we've been blessed. We've been really exchanging and, and learning and growing and, and having a good time. They're thanking God for that. Um, and so on the 12th, I, had, I come into work a little early here and, and uh, was reading, uh, uh, reading the verses that day, that chapter. And boy, I mean to tell you, I got so excited uh, because I, I saw some, 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 some truths begin to jump out of that, off of that page, uh, off the screen, I guess, at that point was reading from the, the tablet. And uh, just captured my attention. And so I want to use that as a, a springboard of what we're going to talk about. Uh, and then on the 17th, uh, as I was getting ready for work at home, uh, it came into clearer focus of, of what it is. Do we have a little monitors here, James? I'm not hearing myself too well. Use the monitor just a little bit, please. Um, it came into, thank you so much, came into greater focus of what God was saying for today. And uh, it's amazing because Apostle David last week uh, was beginning to break that open. And uh, so it's good to know that God would always bring agreement to his word, right? Um, um, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, you know, let it be, every thought be established, let it be confirmed. And so I know the Lord is confirming his word um, even with this. Well, we, I believe today as the Lord is leading us, the Holy Spirit is in our midst. He's really, really saturating us with his love. Uh, now, did we know that coming in, that that's what he was going to do? I didn't. I did not. Uh, but God always knows, and he has something for us every time, whether it's we come together or it's us in our personal walk with him. God always has something in store for us. And uh, I just believe as I was listening to everything and partaking and entering in, it's just God is saturating us with his love. And it's, it's a, message, it's a message, message that never grows old. It never grows weary. It never becomes ineffective. But it always hits his target. And uh, I want to share um, a little bit, uh, even as we're looking at our young people, uh, which we're so excited about you, our teens and our young adults, you're doing an amazing job, and I echo that. Um, I'm here to tell you uh, we've encouraged them and we have, you know, confirmed them and affirmed them in the Lord. Uh, it's working. It's working. Uh, and I can tell you it's working through personal experience. I'm standing here today because I was one of them. Uh, and so that's not a joke. I, I'm, I was one of them. And I was thinking about when we were growing up and uh, the different songs that we used to sing. It was definitely different the era and things. But we, would think, we were singing back then, Going Up Yonder. You know, and uh, uh, I was trying to remember this really good one by Andre Crouch. I'm just kind of, just kind of losing the, the, the thought of that. No, it was Hawkins. Um, what is that really good one? Um, I'm just, I know it, and I'm just not getting it. 
oh, I, I'm not even getting the word by the time. I, I know it so well. But uh, I remember, you know, being young and, you know, being scared, you know, and, and when you go to sing, you go to minister, and I was nervous, you know, and, and, and everything. My mom would keep encouraging me, no, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. And they would continue to push us forward, push us forward, push us forward. And next thing you know, um, you know, we're, we're doing it. Uh, with, and confidence is, is gaining and all that. So I really want to encourage you, children, our young people, to know that you, you're, you're doing it. And, and you're going to be right where we are and surpassing us because, you know, your foundation is even faster than our foundation. So y'all going way beyond us. So when you look at me, I'm going to be 50 coming up in June. But I started off at 17. When it comes to my walk with God, I started at 17. So I'm, I'm where I can identify exactly where you are from that perspective. Uh, that as long as you walk in God, he's going to grow you. That's, that's 32 years. And uh, it's so important that even April 3rd, I've I, I got these dates down now because it was on Easter Sunday. April 3rd, 1983. I have it calculated. I know. I went and checked it out. I always make sure I know that date. April 3rd. Uh, that the change happened in my life. The change, I grew up in church, but me giving my life to God. Where I went all, I went all in with God. Uh, I went all in in, in April uh, 3rd, 1983. I'm kind of taking my time because I want you to get it. And I know you're listening. Uh, and the Holy Spirit is definitely here. He's just, just again, saturating so we're layering about his love. Um, I'm also uh, evidence or fruit that, where's Cassandra again? She went somewhere. Uh, and I said this during the family conference, that what you're doing as a parent is making a difference. And as she got the chance to, to celebrate Deja, uh, going forth today, and I know the the, the, uh, the apostle and Pastor Lynn have been able to celebrate a couple of generations now coming forth at a Blackburn, getting to see three generations coming forward, a fourth one, you know, starting. But uh, don't, do not devalue what you're doing. I'm talking to parents right now. Do not devalue your teaching. Do not devalue your encouragement. Do not devalue your example before your children. It does pay off. God's word does not go out and return unto him void. But it accomplishes that which it was sent forth to do. As parents, I want to encourage you, that is true. Uh, I had a praying mama. I might get a little emotional. Every time I talk about my mom, I get a little emotional. Uh, who prayed for us. And um, she didn't know that this is what I would be doing. I didn't know this is what I'd be doing. Uh, I wanted to be a school teacher and uh, teach math. I, would, I wanted to be a math teacher. I'll probably talk about that a little bit later on uh, down the, uh, in the year. Uh, so I don't want to get too much into that. But God knows, so don't devalue what you're teaching your children. Uh, no matter what their age is right now, I'm telling you, I'm fruit of it. I'm evidence. It pays. I know I'm not the only one. 
but I can tell you it pays off. And uh, so you have that expectation. Someone was talking about expectation this morning. I don't remember who that was. Uh, someone was talking about expectation. Is that you, sir? Having an expectation on the, on, on the word of God. So let's begin our journey today. I just want to kind of say that, kind of setting the tone. But it's something about, okay, we have about 140, 150 people in here today. Uh, and let's look at this verse, and then I'm going to give you the thought for today. Uh, let's go to Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. Uh, King James Version, King James Version said, And when they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethphage and uh, Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples, talking about Jesus, going into Jerusalem the last time before he's going to be crucified. Saith unto them, Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as ye ye be entered into it, ye shall find a coat tied, whereon never man sat. Loose him and bring him. All this is so important. If any man say unto you, why do ye this? Say ye that the Lord, say ye that the Lord hath need of him, and straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way and found the colt tied by the door without in a place where two ways met, and they loose him. And certain of them that stood there said unto them, what do ye, loosing the colt? And they said unto them, even as Jesus had commanded, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and cast their garments on him, and sat, uh, and he sat upon him. And many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees and strawed them in the way. And they that went before and they that followed cried, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Uh, this sets the setting for what, again, is called Holy Week, and which is the celebration of when Jesus came into Jerusalem. Uh, and he came uh, with God's purpose and God's agenda, and then man had a purpose and agenda that they were expecting. Jesus definitely did not meet their expectation, many of their expectations, in the way that he came and what he came to do. Uh, but they were celebrating him coming, right? And this is what we do on this day. All throughout the world, many are gathered in different nations. Of course, sometimes zones ahead of us and already have celebrated. But actually, physically celebrating Jesus and him coming into Jerusalem on, on, on the day that led into the beginning of the week, of Holy Week. Many had gathered. Many had participated, uh, cutting down branches, throwing their clothes down, hailing him, Jesus, King, uh, yet not knowing what his true purpose was. Normally we would have our palm branches. Y'all know we normally have palm branches in here, and and we're waving them, we're celebrating, we're commemorating, we're using it as uh, an example, uh, 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 something before us. And uh, normally we do that. This year we're going to do a little bit differently. Uh, We know about the story, right? The story's there. 
just read that. It's in all the accounts of the Gospels. So if you don't want to read it just there, read all of the Gospels. You'll find uh, a version of this story. All the writers made point to this, this, this event because it was so significant. Uh, today, we are the branches. Uh, we're the branches. And that's not where I'm really going, but I just want to make that point that it's us. It's, it's us. We don't have to necessarily, and we will, again, I'm sure, get branches and celebrate and commemorate. Yet we are the branches. And we have a responsibility to praise him for who he is. Uh, let's look at this other verse that comes on the heels of what we just read of celebrating. And in Mark chapter 15, verses 6 through 9. Uh, now at that feast, he released, talking about uh, Pontius Pilate, uh, released unto them, being the Jews, the, uh, the Israelites, one prisoner whomsoever they desired. And there was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with him that had made the insurrection with him, who had committed murder in the insurrection, and the multitude crying aloud began to desire him to do as he had done, I mean, had ever done unto them. But Pilate answered them, saying, Will ye that I release unto you the king of the Jews? Sounds like a good question. Here they are at the feast, specific time in, 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 in history and on the calendar, and he has the ability to release unto them a prisoner, one for the year. Pilate already knows that they brought Jesus to him, uh, and there was no, no wrong in him. He hadn't done anything wrong. There was nothing. He knew that they, he already knew they were, had falsely accused him. And so he was asking them a question, just knowing they were going to give this response. He said, you, do you wish that I would release unto you Jesus? He just knows their response is going to be, Yes, release unto us Jesus because he's been falsely accused. He has, we brought him to, you know, they brought him to him for no reason. They had no proof of what they were accusing him of, of blasphemy. Uh, surely their answer should, would have been, yes, release unto us Jesus. That would be common sense when you have done no wrong. Their response, though, was totally different. Uh, verse 11 says, But the chief priest moved the people that he should rather release Barabbas unto them. And Pilate answered and said unto them, What will ye then that I, do, shall, that I shall do unto him whom ye call the king of the Jews? Again, knowing that Jesus was righteous, he was innocent. And they cried out again, what? It's right there in front of you. What did they cry out? Wait a minute. I, I never can leave the understanding of we just celebrated him, king of Jews. Right? Here comes our savior, our deliverer. Just celebrate. And within a matter of a few days, 
that same tune has now changed to crucify him. Uh, something odd about that statement. And what I was looking at here, here's what I want you to, the thought I want you to think about. And then we'll go further. You got to be careful about the multitude. You have to be careful about the multitude. Now, multitude is not necessarily bad in itself. Uh, because we're a multitude. We're gathered together, though, for a common purpose, right? To lift up God, to make him famous, to show our, pour our love out on him, to return to him the love that he's given to us. So we gather for the right reason. Uh, and even them, they were gathered for the right reason. But the chief priests had influence over the people. And were able to change their mind from celebrating Jesus Christ to let's crucify Jesus Christ. How, what kind of sense does that make? Uh, but people can get you off focus. We heard that this morning in our teaching. People can get you off focus. And if you don't have enough depth in your own self, you will follow the off focus. That makes sense to you. If you don't have enough depth in you, you'll follow what they're saying. It's kind of like a fad, kind of like a fashion, kind of fads come and go, right? And they say that uh, fashion tends to what? Repeat itself. Uh, it tends to repeat itself. So not, not a new strategy, not a new, t you know, it's, it, it, yeah, it may be a new strategy, but the same focus is I want to get you off. Uh, so what I was looking at, we're going to look at some more scriptures, some other, more examples, and I want you to be thinking about this for you. Really what needs to happen here, here's the thought, is that it needs to be an audience of one. I want to talk to you about an audience of one. That even in the multitude, my focus has to be an audience of one. My focus cannot be what everyone else is doing, although there's many of us gathered here, again, maybe 140, 150 people gathered here this, this morning. I, as an individual, I need to have a single focus on God. Does that make sense to you? I'm excited about you. I'm glad you're here. I rejoice with you. Yet when I come, I'm coming with a single focus that I, I, I need, I'm giving my life to God. What is the Lord saying to me? What, what is it that he's, 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 he's doing in my life? What is it? And I'm going to celebrate you. I'm going to celebrate Cassandra all day long. You better know it. I love her. I'm going to celebrate. Yet if I don't have that, that personal relationship, back to what Apostle was talking about last week, if it doesn't start right there with my personal relationship with Christ, I could easily be swayed. I can go with the multitudes. Here's a good example of the multitudes. Y'all know growing up. Uh, well, maybe, you know, it doesn't happen around here, thank the Lord, as much it, as it did back home and growing up. This example I'm going to use. Thankfully, it doesn't happen as much. And I was thinking about it. I said, Lord, thank you that it doesn't. They don't need to experience this too much. But back home, uh, after school, something will be happening in school, right? And some people have some friction. And that friction might start off between two people for some reason. 
it still happens, but it, it's, I don't think it's not on the scale, and I'm thanking God that it's not. It's not on the scale where we came from uh, and, 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 and some, you know, folk who get involved. And uh, so it might start off with uh, a friction between two people, and as long, as long as it gets louder, once it gets louder, what happens? More people come and get around, trying to find out what in the world's going on. Uh, yep, there were some sayings that used to happen. <laughs> I think I said that last year. There's some, some, some sayings that used to happen. I'm not sure if they still say that back where you come from, but there were some sayings when there was a fight. Uh, but you're, you're drawn to the, the, you're attracted to the noise. You're attracted to all the bodies moving in a certain direction. So you, you, feel, you feel compelled to go near and find out what's going on. What's all the commotion about? And uh, you have nothing to do with it, right? You just hear about it, and you're going to see what's going on. Just, just spectator. Uh, come here, Elder Giles. I know I can use it. Deacon Moist, come here, please. Uh, you just happen to get a little bit too close. To the fire. Come here, Devontae. I know I can use you. Some of y'all I can't call because I don't want you to have a certain reaction. I'm, call, I'm calling some people I can trust their reaction. All right? And so here these two are. They have some friction been kind of building up during the day, right? And he has his, he has his crew. This is his crew. They love him. This is Deacon Moise's crew. They love him. And uh, so you have your crews, you know, those people who are close to you. Uh, you've got Devontae here who, who loves both of them. He's friends here. He's friends here. Can't we all just what? Get along. Uh, so here's the multitude, and here I am. So these two are getting, getting a little close to each other. Uh, no, don't do that. Just kind of get, get close. <laughs> Amen. Where's that oil? Keep that fresh. Uh, oh, let's get the oil, man. Come on. He's a good oil guy right there. Uh, so you get too close. Devontae gets too close. Maybe he's even trying to, trying to settle it down and everything. Y'all, come on. Let's not do that. Come on, man. Now, here's the multitude all around. Well, all it takes is one person to kind of... You know what I'm saying? Devontae came here to make peace. I know from experience because I was this guy. And you get bumped in now because they're, they have friction. They're, they're already heated. Now we're mad at him. Okay? And now he said, wait a minute, man. We're supposed to be getting it on. And so now he's mad at him. You got into And now we got all these people ready to throw down that had nothing to do with what was going on. But because of the commotion, because of the multitude, because they heard a noise, they got involved, got a little too close, and next thing you know, they're sucked in. These two don't even fight. They don't even fight. But everybody now wants to fight him for starting something. Y'all go ahead and have a seat. Thank you, guys. I was that guy who was trying to make the peace. And I learned through experience you, you, that's not a good thing to do. That'd be not wise. Can I help you to that'd be not wise? Because now I'm in trouble. And, and then that, 
the people leave you. So now where's your backup? So now you stuck in the middle and you don't have any backup. Uh, that just made me think about that, about the multitudes. You got to be careful because the multitudes can flip on you in a, in a, in a second. It, it doesn't take much. It just takes a little spark to ignite a little something. And now they done flipped on you. Now, we're supposed to be the multitude, and we, I say, okay, we're gathered together for the right reason, y'all. I'm so, well, I got that. We're gathered together for the right reason. Uh, but you have to be careful, and you have to be careful about the, the other gatherings that, you know, you got to be even, even, you know what, you could even be here. Let me, let me miss that point. And, and someone else can have a problem. I wasn't even going there. And uh, they'll try to make their problem your problem. So you got to be careful about that. You got to guard your heart. And you got to stay at peace, and you got to stay on the right, bring the word of correction. When the, it, look, that, that ain't, what you just said don't even make sense. That was off. The word says this. Hold them accountable. We help each other so that we can keep the, keep the multitudes, you know, doing what we're supposed to be doing, worshiping God together, instead of we kind of bent out of shape there. Uh, and I, that's not in my notes at all. So our Holy Spirit needed us just to remind us of that. Come on, be careful. Because the multitudes can flip on you in a minute. But you need to have a single focus on God. You can be in the multitude. Now, here, here it is. You can be in the multitude, but your focus has to be singularly on God. As we came today, what, what did our, our worship team, what were they kept encouraging us to do? What did, they keep encur- what, what, did, what did each one what kept encouraging us to do what? To press in. To, they, they're caught talking to us as individuals. Come on. Press in. All the encouragement. Individuals. Press in. Come on. Enter into God's, receive God's love. As individuals, you've got to receive God's love. And it's something about that uh, because I have, again, a personal experience with that, that on that April 3rd, 1983, and I want you all to connect with this. Somebody gets it. I know, I know all of you get it, but someone, this, this is going to be, I have expectation that someone is going gonna, gonna to be impacted that this is your day. That's every day we, we should come together. There's, there's, there's that expectation. Someone's life is going to be impacted, and this is your day. You will mark it down. You will not forget it, uh, and you will begin to walk in a whole nother way. Uh, so here we are. I was in service, and we were probably about 150 to 200 people uh, in the church that day. You know, Easter, like I say, it is Esther, 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 it's the number one day. You want to invite people to church, invite them for Easter. Uh, they will come. You build it, they will come. Invite them, they will come on Easter. And so here we are. Remember, all these people in church, nice church building. People is packed. It may have been more than 200. I don't know. Just my mind is just kind of throwing that number out. There. I have no idea. Uh, although we were all gathered together, we're all hearing the same message. Are you, are you with me? Because you can be hearing the same message. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to you at your need, Elder Kim. He's speaking over here to Michelle at her need. He's speaking to uh, 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 Michelle. Uh, uh, what's the last name, Michelle? Tillman. There we go. Speaking to Michelle Tillman. Oh, two Michelles. Look at that. Look at that. Two Michelles, but each one of them is different. Speaking to both of the Michelles about their individual lives, and, and, and he's on point, right? God's not missing it. He's on point. He's hitting the mark. 
So you can be there in the same service, in the same atmosphere, but you're going to be receiving what God has for you because you are tuned in as an individual. What is God speaking to me? The same words, the same, the same verse being read, the same point being made, and you're saying, God, that's me right there. We're going to get back to this multitude. I'm not done with the multitude. We're going to, we're going to come back to those fellas. Uh, and so here we are. I'm in there. And, and, and how many times have you heard John 3.16? Work with me. How many times? Come on. How many times have you heard John 3.16? Our youngest children can, can, can give me John 3.16. Uh, Wani, John 3.16. You got it? Okay, good job. Uh, uh, Ebony, give me John 3.16. Come on, girl. Good job. Good job. Uh, uh, I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking for young people. Yes, give me John 3.16. In the gray. Y'all want to do it together? You say yes. Y'all got it? You ready? Go. Okay, we'll come back to you. All right. All right. Uh, Deja, give it to me. You knew it, huh? Come on, give it to me. Devante, give it to me. Natasha, give it to me. Deacon George, uh, James, give it to me. Oh, you got it on the screen. Okay, now we cheating. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I, I got it. They cheating on me, Joe. Joe, they cheating on me. Go ahead and blank that screen. Blank that screen right quick. Joe V. Hill, give it to me. Should not perish. You got it. All right. Good job. Uh, uh, Danielle, come on. Give it to me. Felicity, give it to me. Elder Otis, give it to me. Brother Marco Sr. I mean, Marco the first. I'm not sure how he wants to be referred, but Tiffany Gray, give it to me. Lafaro. Kyleen, give it to me. Harris, <laughs> amen. Elder Willie, give it to me. Good. Naomi, come on. Good. Cassandra, come on. Cindy smiling. Go ahead. Cindy. 
for the coffee, coffee, coffee. Elizabeth over here, give it to me. Gotcha. Trayvon, I heard you. Trayvon. Mrs. Blackburn. Elder Blackburn, birthday man. Elder Giles. <laughs> Pass the lender if you don't mind, please, ma'am. Apostle David, sir, last one. Point number two. Point number one was an audience of one. Point number two, a personal encounter makes all the difference. A personal encounter makes all the difference. Why did I have you say that over and over? That wasn't in my notes again. Why did, why, why did I have you say that? I wanted you to reflect upon that scripture as it applies to your life. Remember, in the same service, hearing the same verse, but you know what that means to you. That makes sense. You know what we talked about, the love, and so for some, they have to get over shame, right? For some, have to get over, uh, there was another word that was used, you used, ma'am, in the training. Oh, that's the word you used. Um, embarrassment, thank you. Get over embarrassment. Get over shame. Get over guilt. I heard some of the young people talking about guilt. You know where that scripture is applied in your life. Same scripture. Same verse. You know it. You can say it because you understand you have received it into your personal life and you've applied it appropriately what that love means to you. God so loved the world. Who was in the world? Me. That he gave his only begotten son for me. That whosoever, that's me, believes in him should not perish. But me, me, I shall have everlasting life. I think in this multitude there were not enough people who had that personal encounter. And I say, how can you say that? Think about even these, some of these multitudes. I can't tell you exactly who's in this multitude. But Jesus ministered throughout that region to so many people. Uh, he even had two different occurrences. One where he ministered and fed uh, 5,000, what, men. Not just people, but men. It was numbered 5,000. There's a multitude. So if you just take that number, I'm a simple guy. You take that number. Uh, uh, you add you add a, a spouse. You add one child. You've already tripled that. You had fifteen thousand people. That number is probably beyond that. 
It's not stated, but if, where there are men, there are what? Women and children. You better know it. And the women and children will outnumber the men pretty easily when you put them together. So how many did he actually feed? I don't know. But the, the, the fact is they get caught on the, you know, the 5,000 is the mark. But in reality, that's, that's men. 4,000, that's men. That's how they counted that, 20 and up. Men. So what is that saying? He ministered to a multitude of people on many occasions. Multitudes followed him in the cities. Multitudes came to the houses that he was in when he was ministering, went to, went to people's houses. They heard that Jesus was in the city, was in their region. Multitudes gathered. Multitudes heard those same words. Multitudes were impacted because they never heard anyone speak on the scriptures like he spoke, with the authority that he spoke. Multitudes. If multitudes had received, had a personal encounter, how do we get to this point now that the multitudes are deceived and now we're saying crucify him? Something has been disconnected. There's a disconnect that happened that the multitudes, I, I can easily see that not each one of them would, oh, God, it takes me to the parable of the sower, Elder Willie's favorite parable. We share a lot of uh, talking on our roads, trips, and things we do. And uh, the parable of the sower. And it talks about the different soils, right? They all received the word, right? It talks about they all heard the word, they received it, but some didn't. Re- it, 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 their hearts were not, they didn't let that word go into their hearts deep enough. It got to their ears but it didn't get it all the way into their hearts. So the different types of soil began to, to begin to, uh, the word was not planted in all the, I mean, did not stay, did not bring forth fruit in all of those different types of, of soils. It was only the, the, the one that, that, that was good soil. The ones who heart, whose heart was, was totally open. The one who knew, 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 realized that they needed God and, and how much they wanted God. The difference that God makes in your life. You want to be that kind of soil that when you come to Christ, you don't deter, detour from Christ. Thank God that if you detour, he still gives us a way back. Can, uh, can, can anybody, thank God that he'll give you a way back. We're going to celebrate now. Thank God he'll give you a way back. Yet, let me take you to a deeper, deep, deeper understanding. We also have the opportunity to receive his word and put it in good ground in our hearts and that we don't have to detour. Now, that's, that, that's, that's a little challenge there, right? And that's, that's, yeah, that's, I'm going to provoke you, call you a little bit higher to say no more detours. There's been enough experience thanking God, and I'm not saying because God's grace, I, I don't know when it, you know, I, I don't, 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 don't ask me to put a number on it. I don't know how many times a person, a right to, a person may fall down and God lift up. I don't know. I won't even try to put it, but I just want to say I want to get to the point where I'm straight on with God. We're talking about that this morning again. The narrow is the gate. Narrow is the, straight is the gate and narrow is the way. Few there be that find it. The multitudes don't necessarily find the straight and the narrow. 
Multitudes want to travel where there's a whole lot of lanes. You know, I've been in, in, in California, and, man, I'm like, how many lanes do they have? Like six lanes, I think, is the biggest I've seen, about six lanes. And I, I, I wasn't used to all that, you know. I'm, I, I wasn't used to all that. I'm like, my goodness, you couldn't go fast enough. It'd be 50, and you're trying to do 50, and, man, people going 70, 80, they, they, you, you get out of the way. So I didn't know which lane to ride, and I'm trying to get out of the way, and you think you get in the slow lane, and they're riding on your bumper too. I'm like, man, let me just get off the, off the highway. Man. Where's the next exit? I'm serious. I'm like, what in the world? This don't make any sense. I'm in the, in the, in the far lane, the right lane. I'm, go, I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm, I'm new. I, I don't know all this stuff. I'm trying to make sure I don't miss, miss my turn. Somebody talked about that this morning. Elder Otis, about missing the turn. I want to pay attention. I need that exit, man. Because I, I don't want to go in the wrong neighborhood. Okay. I'm just saying, I, I saw enough television to say you go to the wrong neighborhood and you don't belong there, you don't know what you're doing. Hey, I, I like, I'm not doing that. So I'm trying to stay focused. But there's so many people, because the road is, is so wide, so many lanes, that they're, they're, they're going. Life is fast. Boom, boom, boom. You, we have to get to a point, though, there is a time and a point, even if there's been some. Some, some shaky ground, even if there's been some, some, some starts and restarts. Come on, I want to get to a point now that did my restart is my last restart. Can, can you follow me? This, this is my last, because I, I have some restarts. And but I'm telling you, but at 17, I, I, re, I didn't restart no more. I, no more restarts. I didn't know that that was going to be how God could keep me, but I had to do something in order to find that out. It's called begin to develop a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Point number one. Personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Point number two. Uh, what is it, sir? Is that that's point number two? That's point number three. That's point number three, isn't it? Okay, okay. That's just so good. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm not sure we got the freedom yet. Okay. So, point number one, personal relationship. This was jump. This was just blessing me. I'm like, oh boy, you right up. This is my life. I'm seeing my life journey as I'm listening to these points. Personal relationship. Number two, through my personal relationship. Oh boy, you enter into the freedom of God. You discover Romans chapter eight and verse one, which says what? Anyone? Someone got it? Come on, say it. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the what? I've been walking with God for a little bit, but still didn't have freedom, you know, total freedom. I, I, I didn't know there were still some areas in my life that I still needed to gain some freedom. I'm saved. I'm living for God. I'm a giver. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm serving. I'm committed. And yet I still wasn't free. And I know the call today was still about freedom. But hearing this word and planting it in my heart gained more and more freedom. But not just hearing it, but allowing it to fall on good ground 
and but to, to good ground means I've got to do something about this word. I have got to subject myself to this word. I've got to begin to do what it says do. When it says flee immorality, homeboy, I see you. I've got to go this way. I was sharing with somebody. I can't remember who it was. Minister Lynette. We were talking in the office. Remember, I was kind of talking. Okay, maybe I should. Okay, well, I was talking. But I was sharing an experience. <laughs> I'm out there now. Hey, I might well swim. Uh, <laughs> I was sharing an experience. Uh, about uh, you got to be careful about these, you know, folks who try to attach you. You, you, you know the signal. You know. I can just say that from personal experience. I'm talking about me. I'm not talking. About, I'm talking about me. You know the signal. You know when there's a there's an attachment. You know. Come here, man. I don't have my wait. A minute, I got my daughter. Come here, Colleen. I'm sorry. Cause I want a, a girl, but I don't want to throw anybody off. Come here, baby girl. It's my daughter right here, my youngest. You know what that stroke of the hand means. You know what that you know what that means. And see, you're holding the hand, and this is daddy, so she's okay. This is daddy loving that little rub of the, of the. Come on, you know. You know where this is going. And folks try to act innocent. I didn't know. Yes, you know. Don't be naive. Who are you trying to kid? Be honest. Thanks, sweetheart. Uh, when he holds your hand, you better know, girl. <laughs> they used to say, Mama said. This Daddy said. You're right, sir. And Daddy said. You know Daddy going to check it out anyway. Just be honest. Come on. Just be honest. I go a whole another. Uh, uh, <laughs> let me stay on this target. <laughs> but you know, I was sharing though that I had this one sister in the church. I was single, and uh, uh, man, I watched it. I watched that. No, hey, you, boy, man, we had more singles up in there than you shake a stick at. And uh, this in Hawaii, and we had all. I'm talking about some pretty girls too. Y'all come. These are y'all like no come innocent. Some pretty girls up in the house, and and some handsome boys, you know, and. Uh, Man, I was on that front row because I was scared what was behind me. And uh, I knew where I came from, and I'm not about to be looking behind me too far. And uh, so I, w- I, was, I would keep my distance. I, w- I would be on guard. And I remember I, I was on my guard, and uh, I think I talked too rough to this one sister one time. I felt kind of bad about it, and so I went to apologize to her. You know, because I'm feeling bad. I went to apologize to her. So I apologized to her about speaking roughly or whatever the case may be. Man, she said, you know, she said, you know, whatever, I forgive you, whatever. But she kissed me on my cheek. Boy, I felt all of that. And that's what I was talking about. I felt all of that. I said, uh-uh. Me, I said, uh-uh. Because I felt it. I said, Come on, this is too quiet up in here. Like, oh, it's not enough people who are acting off of what you already know. You try to disregard and say, no, that's not what, you know, that was just a, a little holy kiss. That wasn't no holy kiss. Man, I felt that thing down to my bones. <laughs> Forgot to tell y'all about to say anything, so just kind of hold on to your seat, because I'm not sure what's going to come out here. I will shame the devil. I'll tell on him real fast in a hurry, boy. 
I know what that meant, boy. You better know. You know what? I didn't even talk to that sister no more. It was over. I, this is not going anywhere. And you say, why would you do? Why would you be? Why would you take that drastic a measure? Because I know where I came from. I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about that. That's what I'm talking about. It's an audience of one. You got to give before God yourself. And you got to be honest with him about, you know, whatever. It doesn't have to be that area. It could be, you know, greed. It could be, it could be anger, whatever. You, you, gotta, you just got to be honest with yourself. God, hey, come on, Lord, help me right here. I'm not trying to act like I wasn't trying to put on no front. When they had prayer line and I knew I was out of order, I was up there on that line. That's why I got on the front row. I didn't have that far to travel, you know what I'm saying? You had to come from the back or in the balconies, everybody looking at you. No, man, from there to here. I got my help. Got my strength, and I'm done. I'm going about my business. I'm walking better. Uh, good to go. Whoever said that, I heard it. Uh, so anyway, personal encounter. You got to be careful of the multitudes. And I come to find out folk was doing all kind of crazy stuff. I was like, how are y'all doing that? I don't even know what they're talking about, man, because I'm not, I'm not getting in that group at all. I'm, I'm, staying, I'm staying with the men who are doing right. Pastor Reed, I'm staying with Pastor Pertle. We were all in that group. We were men, single men together. We was, we was there, front row. We weren't playing around. Uh, and all pastors now. You're right, sir. Praise the Lord. And there were so many more of us that were in that group of young men growing up in God. And he'll keep you. How did I get over there? I don't know what I did there. Uh, so be careful of those multitudes. But you got, oh, I was talking about walking straight. So at some point, you've got to make that decision. No detours. Enough is enough. I'm tired of losing. I will, and not just, I'm tired of losing, I'm not losing anymore. You say, well, why would he talk about that? Well, see, I'm, okay, now, we, we the shift here, because I don't, I don't, I like talking about folk in the Bible, but, and yet I want to take that example, I'm going to put it here, that way you can understand it even better, like that kiss on the cheek, you, you could get that. See, that's why I say, moms, keep it going, keep doing what you're doing, even if it seems like the child is a little off port, you better, am I right, Blackburn? Uh, the black you got to just keep sowing that seed. Come on, keep holding them accountable. Keep doing what you do. That 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 word is going to hit. It's going it's going it's going it's going it's going to make its impact. And so I thank God that he had a he had delivered brother from some things. Because I had a personal encounter that day that I came to Christ, April 3rd, 1983. Room full of people. Pastor was preaching on John 3:16. I heard it enough times. That's why I asked you how many times. I'd heard it enough times. I knew it. I could say it in my sleep. Didn't have to think about it. But there was something about that day when he preached on John 3.16 that although there were many of us in there, it became an audience of one. Are you hearing me? I knew the condition of my heart. I knew where, you know, where my life was. I knew, to me, you know, to you, it may not seem like what I'm going to tell you. It may seem like, oh, that wasn't too bad. To me, that was horrible because I understood I was violating God's word. I was, I, I was, I was, I was disappointing God. I, I was dishonoring. I realized that my, my sin was ever before me. I could see it. My sin. His, his sacrifice. Jesus coming. Dying on the cross. And I'm not lying. I was sat there and I said that day, Jesus did it just for me. When that song says, just for me. Man, I was there. Now, I think that song wasn't even written then. I was sitting there and I said that, just for me. 
I didn't care about what other people were thinking. I wasn't focused on anybody. I was focused straight ahead. I was listening to that preacher, that pastor, and, and he, was, he was talking to me. As he's talking, I wanted to get up from my seat while he's talking and go to the altar and give my life to God. I was provoked that much. I was impacted that much because God was drawing me. And I say, man, God drew me. I'm not, he, 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 he snatched me. I'm not lying. And I'm so thankful. That's how I look. He snatched me. He caught because I, I, I didn't go for that purpose. I went for Easter. I went for Easter. Easter clothes. Go for Easter. God snatched me. He caught me. And I'm so glad he did. I knew he chose me. I, I, this is how I feel about my relationship with God. I feel like I'm one of the 12 disciples. That make you think? I felt like I was one. Of the, I feel like I'm one of the 12 disciples. You say, how do you feel like that? No, I, I feel like that because when that personal encounter happened, I believe that he called me. And he said, follow me. That's the encounter I had with him that day. Follow me. It was just that strong. And how do I know it was that encounter? His disciples didn't follow him and go back. Only Judas Iscariot, right? They didn't, they, they didn't follow him and go back. This was it. Now, he had to help them along the way, right? And he had to teach them and, and rebuke them and, and correct them and encourage them and teach them and Hello, all that's been going on in my life, you know. So I'm just, a, I feel like I'm one of those 12 disciples. He called me. But I'm not going to be the one that walks away. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. So here I am. I'm sitting there. And uh, this word is coming. I want to get up. Only thing that kept me from getting up from my seat at that point and saying I want Christ in my life is because I didn't know what people were going to say. I didn't know, I, I didn't know if Usher going to grab me. I didn't know if I, if I was going to be out of protocol. I, that was the only thing that, that, that concerned me. I don't know if I'm getting in trouble. I didn't know it was, it was could, I, could I do this? And no one ever told me that. I just, I just didn't know. Is this the right thing to do? Well, looking back on it now, yes, it's the right thing to do. Uh, so even as you're receiving the word today, at any point, if the God is, go, get up and move. Take some action. Do what he tells you to do so he can move in your life even in a greater measure. So I did that. Now, here I came. I came to church. And I had issues. I had issues. And the multitude has issues. But the multitude doesn't, doesn't allow God to deal with all the, necessarily let them deal with the issues. It's the one who gets single focused that he gets to deal with your issues. Are, are you seeing? You have to give him permission to deal with your issues. You, when that word comes and you know it's you, you don't say, Mm-mm, not today, I don't feel like it today. That, that, that's the other Sam. I know, I know he's been up in that. You know, that's for him. I'm not moving today. I just don't. No. When you know, you just respond because you know it's you. I was there. I came with issues. Y'all ready for some issues? I'm going to help you. Uh, and I needed God. So I came. I, 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 
I had, you know, at some point got uh, exposed to pornography at a, at a young age. Uh, and so I had a problem. Are, are you following me? Uh, I had a problem. Thank God for helping the brother while I was young. Are you? Because I don't know what path. And that's what I'd be thinking. When I'd be thinking about the love of God, man, I'd be so excited. To Marco, I don't know what degree my sin could have taken me. I wasn't even trying to get off of that. I didn't go with that intention. But God knew that he needed me, that he wanted me. He, was going to, he knew. Woo, that's why I do it. That's why I thank God. Uh, I owe him my life. So here I am, pornography, young, into that. Got exposed at, I think, I don't know, 12 or 13 years old. Uh, that's another story, how that happened. Uh, I also had experienced uh, homosexuality. Some of y'all heard the testimony before. Some of y'all have not. Growing up without a father, I didn't, I didn't have my identity in Christ as a man. Uh, I can tell when the Holy Spirit, because people get really quiet. And that's good. Because I want you to think about your life. Now, you're talking about shame. That was a shameful place for me. That was an embarrassing place for me. It was so, it was so shameful for me. I'm, this, I'm, this, I don't have to, uh, yeah. So I don't have to give no whole lot of background. So I'm saying no justification or, you know, whatever. That's where I was. It bothered me so much that I had been married 16 years before I told my wife about it. And I know she loved me unconditionally. And it had nothing to do with our marriage because I was maybe 13, 14 years old. Nothing to do with our marriage. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Had come into an understanding of, of who I was in Christ and walking and yet still wasn't free from everything. Are you working with me? Thank you, Lehani. You miss, you Minister Allen today? I told her I missed her too. I already told her that. Because I didn't hear that last week. I said, I said, come on, somebody. And uh, I missed that. Uh, help is in the house. And uh, I should have said it last week because I was thinking about it. I should have told you to give that one, sir. Help is in the house. She'll be back next Sunday. Y'all, we get to hear Miss Allen. You know we're going to hear her. I missed that girl. And uh, where was I? Okay. What was I? Oh, yes, thank you, 60 years. And it, it, was, it was weighing on me. This, this was a weight. And I remember we were going to the airport down to SeaTac to pick up my mom who was coming in town that time. And the whole time down there, I'm thinking, Lord, this is the time. Someone talked about that today, too, about this is the time. I can't remember. One of y'all, somebody said something this morning. I caught my attention. I kind of forgot what it was. But this is the time. This is the time. I, I, that was on my mind. I said, that was Cassandra. This is the time to talk about it or to mention it. When you came up here the second time, this, okay, you, you get it. Uh, this is the time. I don't think you're not sure if you said everything yet. It's, God is working, though. You got to let him keep working. And that's what I learned, too. You got don't say nothing before time. You let God finish it. Cause I, know, I know that's something else you, you're going to, you know. Oh, anyway. And uh, so it was Bob. It was working. It had been working on me anyway, and it's working on me all the way down to, to SeaTac. 
the whole trip. I know we're talking, we're laughing, all that, but this is on my mind. I gotta get this off. I gotta get this off of me. But I never told anyone. No one knew but God and me. You know, as far as um, people that I knew and loved. We got to SeaTac. We got there early, so we're in the park. We pull under the, in the park, and uh, I, I said, you know what? I can't get out of this car until I share something with you. And I shared it with him. Again, had nothing to do with us, our relationship. I don't even think it. it I don't even think it even bothered our relationship. To be honest with you, it didn't bother me. But for me, I wasn't free because I had never exposed that. I told her, of course, she supported me. She gave me encouragement, prayed with me. And you know what? From that point forward, homeboy been walking free. And I can talk about it anytime, anywhere, any people, because I know that we serve a God who sets you free. Uh, so that's one thing I was thinking about when I was coming to Christ that day. Uh, another thing I was thinking about, I had a son at, uh, when I was 15. I, I, I fathered a son at, at age 15. A lot of y'all heard that story. A lot, some of you have not. Uh, so there's a way I could have kept going and kept going and kept pursuing that direction. I don't know, man. I could have had, I could have had, I don't know, two or three children. If it was up to me, irresponsibilities. Are you, are you following me? Stuck in sin, pursuing a certain way. So here I am that day. I'm thinking about that, too. I'm thinking, God, I need a change. I, I want my life to change. God began to help me and help that relationship. Of course, y'all know my son now. Um, he's older than a whole lot of y'all up in here right now. Uh, where's he going to be? 30, what, 34, Tyler? He'll be 34 coming up in May. Uh, that bothered me. I didn't want to live that life anymore. Here's the third thing that bothered me. I think I said this in a, in a setting before too. See, is uh, I got to you know, been messing around, and and man, I picked up an STD. And I was experiencing it at that moment. And it was not an easy thing. It was quite painful. And I didn't know anything about it. So that was new territory for me. Uh, so when God came to my life, I had those three issues that were really over, over me at that point. God helped me with all three. All three. Uh, why do I share that? Because you have to have a personal encounter with God. And when you do, there's no turning back. You're not ashamed. If God's still working on your if you're ashamed, you're not ready yet. You need, you need to let God keep working on it a little bit. Let him, come, let him, let him strengthen you up. Then, because when you when you and not only do you are you not uh, when you say you're not ashamed, but it has an impact on those who need to hear it. 
All of us need to hear it. Yet it, it, it hits certain people right where you are. That's why you need to share your testimony because there's some that you talk about, I don't have that experience. But you having that experience is enough to me say, I don't need to go a certain way just so I can see God moving my life the way he moves you. No, I, to me, I think that's stupid. I, I, just, I just call that being stupid. I don't need to experience what your bondage has been just so I know that God can deliver from that area. No, are you crazy? Your testimony is enough, man, to convince me, yes, God is a deliverer. But some people don't get that. Or they think that, you know, I'm in it. It's going to be a different outcome. Who told you that lie? You, you not, you not, you said that one time, sir, that you used me as an example. I didn't, okay, you used me as an example. That person need to come up and get slapped stupid. Get the stupid slapped out of them. You don't remember that? He used me, we used to sit over there. I remember all these things. <laughs> and he says, like, Pastor Fred come up and I just slap him. like, oh. Uh, I'm willing, God. I told you yes. I don't know where this yes is going to take me all the time, but I said yes. But people need to understand and grab hold of this fact that that personal encounter will change your life. That personal encounter will keep you. This is a scripture I have. I haven't given you a scripture in a while. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 and verse 8. This is, these are the Beatitudes, and there's two of them I just want to just read to you. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In other words, knowing that you need God, that was me, for theirs is the kingdom of God. So I took that off, and I began to take on the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall... See God. Over these years, God has been purifying my heart. So the pornography been gone. The fornication, the the sex outside of marriage, been gone. Uh, STD, praise the Lord, been gone. <laughs> uh, and God will help you as long as you're ready to be helped. Does that make sense to you? And he'll help you when you're not even, he, I don't want to just limit it, because he'll help you when you're not even ready to be helped. He'll help you. So I, I can't make sure I clarify that, keep that in the right perspective. There were three people, I'm going to go through this, I'm not going to be able to read these to you, three people that had personal encounters with Jesus in Matthew chapter, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 5. That's what I was talking about, where I, all this was inspired and I was excited about. Mark chapter 5, Jesus encountered three different people. First one he encountered was a man uh, from the area called the Gadarenes, full of demonic spirits. Jesus encountered him. He saw Jesus. He said, what do we have to do with you, Jesus? Jesus finds out that the, the spirit, is, uh, 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 the demons are legion, so there are many. Jesus commands them to come out of the man, to set him free. Uh, the man is set free for, for real. Uh, because people didn't want anything to do with them. No one could handle them. But Jesus changed his life so radically that he wanted to follow Jesus when he left the area. Sound like that, that boy would have been a committed disciple. That, that could have been the 13th disciple right there. Now, he could have, been, he could have taken uh, Judas's spot at some point. 
because this boy had been delivered. He was for real. But Jesus said, no, I need you to stay in your own country and be a witness. Uh, the second person is that when he went back over to the other side, uh, 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 Jairus, or Jairus came to him, uh, who was a soldier, and uh, I'm sorry, a ruler of the synagogue, and his daughter was sick. And so he came to Jesus and asked Jesus to come to heal to his house to heal, uh, to pray for his daughter to heal. Well, that goes on. Jesus agrees and said, I'll go with you. Well, on the way in going, here's when we encounter someone that we're very familiar with. The woman with the issue of blood. On the way to go to Jairus' house to heal his daughter. He encounters in a multitude of people, the woman with an issue of blood. We know the history. I'm not going into all of that. She wasn't supposed to be there and all that. She was impure. But it came to she touched the hem of his garment, personal encounter with Jesus, herself, healed on the spot. No more to be in a, her condition. Declared whole. Jesus finishes with her. He goes to Jairus' house. By the time he gets there, the daughter has died. What the people said, she died. He said she's only asleep. He goes in. He heals her. These three people were had personal encounters that it would not have mattered to them, in my understanding, what the multitude was doing because they knew him for themselves. There was no way they were going to be a part of this multitude that would say crucify him. Because they had a personal experience that could not be doubted. I would like to think, not to like to think, but I, I'm convinced, because some people be afraid to say things. They say, you know, don't say that because the devil might hear you. And? So? Uh. You don't know what's going to happen to you. You say that. Who told you that? Okay. Anyway. That's uh, but I'm not afraid to say that I know that I'm going to walk with him for the rest of my life. I'm committed. Seen him do too much in my life. Experienced too much joy, too much peace in my life. Too much healing. Too much deliverance. Come on. Too much strength. I've seen too many prayers answered. Come on. I've seen doors opened up that no man can shut. I've seen him roll away the stone in my heart. I've seen him make a way in the wilderness. Come on. I have seen him do miraculous things in my life. That I am thoroughly convinced that my personal encounter is more than enough to keep me for the rest of my life. You have to become an audience of one. You have to have a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. And then you have to walk in the newness of life. Those three. You have to walk in the newness of life. I learned 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 
Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a a new creation or new creature. Old things are what? And behold, all things have become new. I also learned 5 and 21. So I like Jessica because she's been knowing them scriptures because you got to spend some time in that word to get these scriptures in your heart. 5 and 21, he has made him, talking about God, he has made him to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in, in Christ Jesus. For he hath made him, God has made Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin. I missed that part. Who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness, righteousness of God in him. I received that. He became sin for me that I could be made righteous. Personally, I received it. These are scriptures that give me strength to stand. You can stand. How about that? Hey, so good. Segway. So today, we don't have any palm branches in, in, in front of us. We don't have any in our midst, in the natural. Yet, we are the branches. We're the branches. We're the fruit of God. We are the fruit of righteousness. So my life, I'm going to praise him with all that's within me. He gets it. He gets it. He deserves it. I'm going to give it to him. That is why I don't, I'm going to praise God, whatever it takes. You know, no matter what's going on, I'm, 